Hello and welcome to the Feel It to Heal It podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Kelly, and I am a clinically trained therapist, emotional wellness and life coach, and healer. My mission is to help as many humans as possible feel safe to feel their feelings in order to create a life beyond their wildest dreams. Thank you for being here and let's dive in. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the show. I am about to have a very special guest on Morning Tea Live on Instagram, so I'm going to hop on right now. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Morning Tea Live. Cheers. I am so, so excited to be having a very special guest on today, Ashley from Ashley Wilhite Coaching. We are going to be talking all about how human design impacts relationships. So she just joined. Let me accept her. Okay, let me set up my thing. All right, that's better. All right, so let's see. Ashley, if you want to request to join and I can let you on. There we go. Hello. Oh my gosh, hello. Hi, how are you? I'm I'm so good. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yes, thanks for coming on. I'm really excited to chat today. Me too. Me too. Yay. And I have my tea. Oh, yay, me too. Okay, cheers. Welcome to morning tea. Yay. Oh, it's still really hot. Okay. Um, so I love to start off with just a little grounding, getting us settled into this present moment. If you're open to doing some grounding with me, and then we can dive into all the things. Let's do it. Okay. And if you guys are watching, feel free if you're in a space to, to join us. So everyone sit up nice and tall, rolling the shoulders up and back and starting with a big, deep breath in. And slowly exhale. Just noticing how your breath is feeling in this present moment. Noticing any thoughts, any sounds, any distractions, and then refocusing on the breath. And then bringing your awareness into your bodies, just noticing any body sensations, any areas of tension or tightness. Doing a quick body scan, relaxing your brow line, your jaw, your shoulders, your heart, your chest, your abdomen, the base of your spine. Noticing any tension in your legs or toes or fingers or arms. And sending an intentional breath into any part of the body that needs it most. And then noticing any emotions that need to come up, any stuck, stored, old, or stagnant emotion, or any new or raw emotion, and just allowing space for any and all feelings to come to the surface. And then noticing any resistance, any resistance to just being here in the present moment, to being in your body, Noticing the mind trying to pull you out with thoughts or overthinking and just deepening the breath to get back into your body. And just noticing what it feels like to be in stillness for a moment.
And now together, let's take three long deep breaths. You can place your hands on your heart, your abdomen, or your legs, whatever feels best for you. And we're going to start with the first inhale, breathing all the way into the body. Holding the breath at the top and slowly exhaling out of your mouth. And again, breathing all the way in. Holding at the top. And release. And one more, breathing all the way in. Holding at the top. And slowly release. And just allowing your breath to return back to its natural rhythm. Noticing if anything has softened or shifted or if anything new has shown up. Knowing you always have your breath to come home to and that you are safe to be in this present moment. And when you're ready, you can start to slowly come back to the present by taking any small organic movement, so maybe some neck rolls or some side stretches or anything else that your body's asking for. And when you're ready, you can come back. All right, how are you feeling? Oh, you're welcome. All right. So let's start with just some intros for maybe those um, from my audience that don't know who you are and vice versa. So if you want to just tell us who you are and what you do and why you're here and all that good stuff. <laughs> yeah, I am Ashley Wilhite. I am a business coach for, I like to say, big dreamers, people who feel like they're here to do really big things, create a massive impact but they want to do it in a way that feels easy and fun and not burning out, not stressful, not really overloading their nervous system, but tuning into how their energy is meant to work. And so mm -hmm. I use lots of different tools, but my main one that I talk about is human design. And it's something that has completely transformed my life. And so I love sharing it with my clients. Yay, that's amazing. I'm really excited. Yeah, just for everyone to learn more about that. Um, and yeah, for those that might be watching from your page, my name is Rachel. I'm a clinically trained therapist. I left the traditional therapy world, started my own online healing business, Rachel Kelly Coaching. And I really focus on attachment theory, rewiring the nervous system, processing childhood trauma, healing anxious attachment is my jam, my favorite thing in the world, and helping you feel safe to create a life beyond your wildest dreams. So that is me. I love that we have so much in common. Like yeah. I'm there too. I'm definitely a recovering anxious attachment person. Like, yep. I love it. Perfect. <laughs> um, all right. So let's start with we're so our topic today is how human design impacts relationships. So maybe starting with, you know, if you want to do a little brief overview of the the main human design types, and then we can dive a little bit deeper into how that impacts relationships and the different attachment styles and all of that. Yeah, amazing. So okay. if anyone's brand new to human design, what it basically is, is a map of the energy within your body and how it's meant to flow. So once we start understanding what your type is, which is the most foundational piece of your design, we can understand how that might impact your relationships and how you can better understand your partner, your kids, your, your best friend, whoever you're in a relationship with. So you can get your chart for free online. 
my favorite place to go to is myhumandesign.com and pull it up and find out what your type is. So as Rachel said, there's five main types. And the first type is manifester. Then we have generator, manifesting generator, projector, and reflector. And depending on which type you are is really going to impact how you show up in the world and how you interact with other people. So we can go into each of the five and kind of how that might play into your relationship if, mm-hmm. if that sounds good to you. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. Okay. So manifester is the first type and these make up about 8% of the population. So if you're watching with this live, I'd love for you to tell us in the comments, like what your type is. It's always so fun. Yeah. I'm a projector. Um, and I'm a generator. Yeah. Yeah. So the manifestors are 8% of the population and they're the people who are here to be pioneers, trailblazers. They're here to like start a movement and take us in a new direction as a a collective. So I think of manifestors almost as like a startup company, right? They're like, Mm -hmm. I have this crazy idea, this thing I want to do that's never been done before. And that can be really polarizing. People either love it and they're totally on board or people are like, no, that's ridiculous. Or no, we don't want to change the way we've always done things. Like stay in this box and they'll try to like pull you down or keep you held back. So that's our manifester. And then we have our generators like Rachel. And generators are really here to find their thing. Like what is your craft? What is the thing that you're obsessed with that you could do all day long? And you're here to find work that you love and do that thing and become excellent at it. So I think of generators more as like the mountain that doesn't move. You're typically very steady, you're very grounded, but you also have this really warm, magnetic, attractive energy to you when you're in the zone, like when you have that thing that you love doing. Then our manifesting generators, I see Michelle is on here. Michelle is on here. Our manifesting generators are are similar to our generators in that you're here to find work that you love, but our manifesting generators are going to be much more uh, multi-passionate and they can be seen as a little bit flighty or all over the place. They're typically um, interested in a lot of different things and they're the people who can just be like, go, 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 energize our bunnies all day long. And then our projectors are they're really here to be guides for other people so projectors love giving advice projectors love helping other people but projectors aren't here to do work like our generators and manifesting generators projectors are here more to oversee and give direction to other Mm -hmm. people and then our reflectors are the last type and reflectors are here to pick up on and reflect back the energy of other people. So a reflector is almost just like a mirror. So if you meet a reflector who's really exhausted and burnt out and has no energy, then that's just what their environment is is giving off, right? So their environment's probably pretty unhealthy, their relationships, their career, where they're living. And so it's not that the reflector is that because if the reflector moved somewhere else or was surrounded by other people, they would probably feel completely different. Mm-hmm. So reflectors are like the thermometer that tells the rest of us how well the, the thing, the situation, the environment is, is going. Mm-hmm. So that's a, a very quick summary of the dynamics. 
I love that. Yay. And we have another projector on here. Laura Liu. Yay. Thank you for joining. Yeah, that's, it's just so fascinating and interesting. Cause I remember when I, I did my reading with you and I learned more about myself as a generator and something that I was talking a lot about with my mentor was that a lot of the things that are in my chart, like are very paralleled with my specific trauma that I've been healing. <laughs> so we had this question of like, it's kind of like what came first, the chicken or the egg? Is it, is it, you know, I don't believe it's coincidental that our trauma sometimes mirrors what type we are because it almost feels like it's, it's meant to come out and manifest in that way so that we can just be even more in alignment to actually heal it. Um, cause a lot of the things with like with myself as a generator of like, um, you know, riding those emotional waves and like the highs and the lows. And like, those are some of the things that just in my trauma journey, I'm like, okay, I have to connect back to my core grounded self. Um, so it's really interesting to notice the, the similarities between those two things. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So maybe we can dive into, um, just how this affects, yeah, like attachment styles or, I know one of the questions, um, one of my clients had asked was, you know, like how does, cause she's a, a one, three projector and also anxiously attached So, like, how does that relate to each other? Just in terms of, you know, with anxious attachment, we have those symptoms of like it feeling hard to, you know, if a projector is meant to wait for the invitation, but then as an anxiously attached person, it feels really difficult to like wait and not take action and not grasp on. And so maybe, yeah, maybe we can dive into that a little bit. Yes. There's so much I could say on this. So, yeah. well, first I want to say, I know we had another question about like right type of partner. Mm -hmm. So I would say right off the bat, we're talking about any type of relationships in human design. Our design doesn't tell us who to be with or who is best for us to be with, right? And any design can be with any other type of design. But learning your own design and your partner, friend, whoever it is, design can help you make the relationship better or create less resistance because you're just understanding who that person is at their core, mm -hmm. right? So I can't look at your chart and be like, oh, you're a a six two projector you need to be with a, a three five generator it right it's not like astrology that. when it's like capricorns are best matched with other earths you know okay there are, are a couple of ways that you can shift that so mm -hmm. for example as a projector i like to give advice i like to guide other people a manifester likes to blaze a new trail they're typically very independent liking to do their own thing so they're not going to like a projector trying to tell them what to do right. so if a projector is in a relationship with a manifester it could create a little bit of uh struggle there mm -hmm. right unless you understand that and as a projector i'm willing to scale back and let that manifester go run wild right, right? And so there can be a little bit of like, oh, generators and projectors work really, really well together. Mm -hmm. So that's almost like an ideal partnership 
in my world, I do a lot of business coaching. So I typically say like, if you're going to hire a coach or a VA, the projector generator vibe works really well. Which is fitting because my mentor is a projector and I'm a generator and we work very well together. Yeah. All of my previous uh, boyfriends have all been generators. So it it just works really well. And then what Um, about like the the same and... Oh, go ahead. I don't know. Go ahead. I'll ask after. But I was going to say our mani-gens, they, mani-gen can be with any type, but like I said, our mani-gens are very multi-passionate and have a lot of energy. So I have a lot of friends who are mani-gens and they, they're they the ones who like wake up on Saturday morning and they go on a hike and they go to a birthday party and they're going out Saturday night and then on Sunday they're waking up and going to brunch and very like social butterfly, doing all of the things. As a projector, I don't have that sort of energy. It's very hard for me to keep up with someone like that. So that can impact a relationship as well. I can imagine myself in a relationship dating a manigen, feeling like they don't want to spend a lot of time with me and mm. building some anxiousness around that, right. not feeling like I'm being seen or... Uh, it's almost like I'm not being chosen because they're choosing mm-hmm. to do all these other things because they have so much energy. Right. right. So that can help in, in depersonalizing it, understanding like, okay, this isn't that I'm not chosen, but maybe also finding that middle ground where it's like they can go off and do their thing and knowing that that's just their energy while yeah. also creating more intentional time together, maybe in a, a slower, <laughs> slower way to okay. also meet the right. projector where they're at. The, the other piece from the question that we got from the 1-3 projector, and this goes beyond just being a projector, but it's the 1-3 profile. And the one line specifically is it's going to be somebody who really craves a sense of security and a sense of safety and feeling really like solid and grounded. Mm-hmm. So if you don't feel that, I can see how that might impact your anxious attachment and mm-hmm. your relationship. So I would look at what are the ways that you can provide that security and safety for yourself mm-hmm. without looking for that in your relationship. Cause mm-hmm. that's, that's part of how you're designed, right? Like mm-hmm. you need more security and safety than most people. So we need to make sure that you're getting that and not looking for that inside of your relationship. Yeah. Which I think goes really hand in hand with healing the anxious attachment. Cause it's recognizing like if they're meant to, let's say, wait for the invitation or to just find more of that groundedness within themselves, it can be a really good opportunity to challenge when that anxious attachment urge is to, you know, grasp or attach onto someone else. And it's just that invitation of, you know, can we come back home to ourselves? Yeah, yeah, Yeah. definitely. Amazing. I'm just reading the comment. So it definitely helps when you learn about your clients and their habits and better ways to communicate and work with them. Yeah. I've also noticed just with my own clients, I tend to attract a lot of fellow generators. So is that also common, just like attracting the same type that you have? Yeah, I don't, I don't know if it's like, that's how it works. I tend to attract a lot of projectors. So Mm -hmm. I think it's that people see themselves in you and that's probably why they're drawn to you. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Very cool. Um, let's see what else, what else would be important to know in terms of just how this all impacts relationships? I mean, what I'm hearing is it really just sounds like 
when you have that awareness and understanding of your partner's type or your client or whoever it is, um, it's it one helps you not take things personally because you understand that's just how they're meant to, they're designed to operate. And then it also can allow for a little bit more like meeting in the middle and and kind of meeting each other where you're both at while also still having that freedom to kind of be in your own energy, which I think is always the goal in, in relationships anyway. Yeah, definitely. And if anyone watching has questions for us, I'm happy to, to answer them. You can put it in the comments. Yeah. Um, but something we, we haven't gone super deep into is the emotional authority piece mm, of the yeah. solar plexus. And I think this center specifically can have a huge impact on relationships if people don't understand the dynamics that are happening there. So if you have emotional authority, you're someone who has big emotions. That's just how you are and how you're, you're meant to experience life. So you have these waves, these highs and these lows, and your work is to embrace that, right? Your emotional authority, yeah. right? Yeah, so really, have like, the waves. Learn to feel the emotions and be in that like, oh my God, life is fantastic. I love it. And then be in the either anxiousness or depression or mm -hmm. anger or whatever the, the low feeling is. Right. And to not numb those feelings or intellectualize them or rush through them but to just feel them mm -hmm. on the flip side there are people who have undefined solar plexus which is anyone who does not have emotional authority which is me who don't experience those intense highs and lows when i'm on my own but when we're around people who have emotional authority we pick up on those emotions and we amplify them and feel them even stronger Hmm. So let's say like Rachel and I are just roommates, for example, yeah. if Rachel's had an emotional low and I come into the room, I can feel that energy and I can pick it up. And then I might think I did something wrong or she's mad at me or what's going on. I, I need to fix this. I need to make it better. And so the undefined solar plexus can fall into a pattern of people pleasing really easily or it can fall into codependent behavior of like it's my job to make sure that you're happy mm -hmm. and what's really happening is that I'm just feeling what you're feeling and so if I can keep everything steady if I can not rock the boat if I can do everything in my power to keep you happy then you're not going to get mad or sad or whatever mm -hmm. and which then means I don't have to feel you being mad or sad or whatever right so I pick up this pattern of like it's my job to keep everyone happy mm. which then sacrifices what I actually want right out of the relationship and so it can create a lot of unhealthy dynamics there yeah so that's where just energetic boundaries which is something I work on a lot with my clients like just having those energetic boundaries of allowing other people to have their own emotional experiences without yeah, without internalizing that, without taking that on and without disconnecting from your own self and making that, you know, a you problem, but rather just understanding like, yeah, this is just how this person is and, and that's okay. And I know, yeah, for me, it was really interesting learning about being an emotional authority because I'm like, oh, this explains so much. <laughs> like I always, I've always just been a very emotional person and I always just kind of chalked it up to be of like, you know, oh, this is what I do for a living. And this, I was just born to like be a healer and a therapist. And I'm just used to like feeling my feelings and all the things. But 
then when I really started working on connecting to like my core authentic self, which I'm, I'm a double Capricorn, I'm like meant to be very grounded. And so having this like coexistence of this like groundedness while also having these waves is definitely been an interesting thing to navigate and just having that awareness of like, yeah, it's, it's not only how I was designed energetically. It also goes very much hand in hand with my attachment wounding that I've been healing all the things. Um, and just noticing like, okay, like I can, I can enjoy this excitement, but then I need to come back and ground. I can enjoy, or I can, you know, feel these lower feelings, but then I can come back and ground. And when you have that awareness of, yeah, just how you work one, it, it just feels very validating of like, oh, okay. All these things make so much sense. Um, and why these things are showing up in, you know, certain relationship patterns. Um, and then it helps you, yeah, have the the awareness and the tools to actually work with it in a way that can actually serve you rather than keeping you stuck in, you know, a roller coaster that feels um, just like dysregulating all the time and not actually helpful. Yeah, that's, that's so true. And it's, it's funny because I think sometimes in, in human design, we can either think things are our fault or like, oh, I've been so out of alignment or so conditioned and I'm mm-hmm. messing things up. Or we tend to flip it around and like blame the other person. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, oh, it's all the emotional authorities fault. Like they're so emotional and that's like right. being a people pleaser. But it's like, we both have responsibility here. We both mm-hmm. have work to do. So for the emotional authorities, it's, like I said, learning to ride that emotional wave and feel your feelings and also know that you bring the emotional state into whatever room you walk into. Mm-hmm. So it's like, if you've had a bad day, like maybe don't go out to dinner with your friends or like right. just being aware of like, okay, how am I feeling and how might that impact other people who are going to be very sensitive to that emotional state that I'm in. Yeah. So that's, that's a piece for you. And for the undefined solar plexus, it's like you said, it's the emotional boundaries of like, I think of it as like putting up a screen. Mm -hmm. So I can still be empathic and be like, oh, you had a hard day. That must feel really hard for you. But I don't have to then internalize that and Mm -hmm. make it my responsibility to fix it. Yeah. Right. So it's like having a filter of what you allow in instead of taking everything personally. Yeah. Yeah. And like not feeling like you then have to change your energy, but, but stay connected. Like if you had a great day, being able to just stay in the energy of that without, um, allowing someone else to kind of bring that down. Yeah. I think that's, that's important in so many relationships. Cause I think exactly what you said of like partners can so easily, um, it's almost like the sense of guilt of like, if they, if they're having a great day, but they come home and their partner's feeling kind of blah they sometimes can feel guilty of like I'm I'm just feeling so good right now (laughs) and it's like of course you can hold both you can be sensitive to the partner you can you know like you said be empathetic but also stay connected to your own energy knowing that that usually a lot of the times can be helpful for the other person who is feeling a little bit lower because maybe they can you know you can spread a little bit of that um that joy to them as well yeah so true Oh, my cousin just joined. Hi. <laughs> Amazing. Um, okay, so we went over type, emotional authority. Are there any other parts of human design that play like a big role in relationships? The other, I mean, there's so much that we can go into. Yeah. Here. And 
one thing I really love doing is getting charts of people in relationships or people working together and comparing them and seeing like, cause there can be electromagnetic connections and like, Oh, you have this and I have this. And that's why we're a perfect match or that's where our challenge is going to be. So that is something you can do with human design, but just generally speaking, the other piece that I would bring into this conversation is the G center. And so the G center is the diamond shape in the middle of your chart. And this is the center where we get our sense of identity and our sense of self. And so if your G center is colored in or defined, you have a a pretty strong sense of self. Most likely it's like, Oh, okay. I know who I am. I know what I'm doing in life. Like I've got my path forward. I know what my purpose is. And people who have their G center undefined or not colored in, you don't have that. And so you might feel like you're always looking for like, who am I? What am I doing? I feel very untethered in life or I thought I was going to do this and now I'm doing something completely unrelated. Mm -hmm. And your sense of self can even shift inside of your relationships, right? It's based on who you're around. So if you're in a relationship with one person, you might feel like, a certain type of person and then when you break up and you're with someone else you feel like a completely different person right and so especially people who have that g-center undefined making sure that your environment meaning your home your partner your family your job all of it feels healthy and makes you feel good about yourself because you're getting your sense of identity from those external places and so i think if there's any sort of like attachment wounding or anything particularly unhealthy in the relationship that's going to affect you and how you feel about yourself with the end of IG center. Yeah. I was thinking about that just in terms of anxious attachment. Cause a big part of that is like coming back to your own sense of self and really discovering what that is when, you know, in childhood, you're used to adapting to, you know, the caregiver or whoever you're around in your environment. So do you, do you ever find like a correlation of, you know, people that struggle with anxious attachment usually have the undefined G center or does it not always correlate like that? I don't see it correlating like that necessarily, but a lot of people with the undefined G center struggle with Mm self-love. So I think that's how it could play into it. Yeah. And I think it could be particularly challenging if you have the undefined solar plexus and you might struggle with the people pleasing, the codependency and you have the undefined G center where you're like, I don't know who I am. I'm struggling with self-love. Like that's it's like a double whammy, right? right? So you probably have a lot of, I say work to do there, mm-hmm. but that might be where some of your challenges are coming from. That makes sense. Yeah. So just being able to identify the root of those challenges and be like, oh, this actually makes sense because (laughs) I was designed this way and then being able to work from it, uh, work with it from there. That's why I love human design because I've always been like very codependent in relationships and had that people pleasing behavior and like the good girl syndrome. And so learning about my human design and especially the undefined solar plexus and being like, oh, okay. Like there's nothing wrong with me, right? It's just like, that's that's my work based on how I'm designed. And it makes mm-hmm. sense now that that's why I was doing that. And that's why yeah. I was showing up that way. And I know that like, there's nothing wrong with it, right? It's right. Just, that's where the work is. Totally. Yeah. And I think also just finding the, um, the beautiful parts of it too, right? Because I think oftentimes we can look at these things and, and say, oh, this you know, this is why I struggle with this or this is why, but I think just 
like you said, having that awareness of how this affects relationships and, and especially the relationship with yourself, um, it can allow you to learn how to use those things in a way that's actually going to be to your advantage rather than always feeling like, well, now I'm just stuck being a people pleaser forever. It's like, oh, okay, now I know that this is an area that you know, in my design, I'm going to have to work a little bit more intentionally to release this people pleasing behavior. Um, and yeah, feel safe to stay connected to my own energy. So it, it gives just a little bit more clear guidance of, you know, what areas to work on and, and why they're showing up the way they are rather than partners that just like take it all personally and just like internalize all of it. <laughs> it's like not actually helpful. And that's the thing too, like my clients would be like, okay, well now I know this, what do I do now? Mm -hmm. Like, well, one, that's the first step is the awareness and yeah. then the, the intentionality, like you catch yourself when you start people pleasing and see right. if you can change it. Like, oh, okay, that's just my old pattern. Mm -hmm. I'm going to choose to say the hard thing. I'm going to choose to set a boundary. I'm going to choose to let this person be angry and not try to fix it, even though it feels super uncomfortable. Yeah. Right? Like that's the work of aligning with your design and getting yeah. to that place where you are actually living it. Yeah. And I think it's so cool to think about it that way of like, you know, if I'm working with a client on childhood attachment wounding and trauma, it's, it's like, they, their soul was literally designed to have that specific, you know, trauma of, of really needing to release the people pleasing or the codependency. Um, and yeah, it just feels very in alignment with like, oh, this is the healing that, that you are meant to be doing in this lifetime to be able to evolve into your most aligned, powerful self. So yeah, it's all, it's all really interesting. Yeah. Does anyone who's watching live, do you guys have any questions? I know, um, Shana, we did answer the questions you put in the box. You, you might just have to watch the replay, <laughs> but if you have any other questions, we'd be more than happy to answer those. I think we covered all the comments. Yeah. And if, you know, if you guys watch the replay again and more questions come up, of course, always drop them. We can, we can answer them later on. Um, yeah. Anything else that we're missing? I know we can like go into a million different directions, but I think, yeah, this is really good in just kind of a general understanding of the types, understanding that there's no two right types. It's really just working with whatever type that you are dating or working with. Um, and yeah, better, better understanding that. So you can use it as a tool for having those energetic boundaries for having the communication around, like, how can I still feel like a priority, you know, let's say as a projector, um, while your partner has more of that energy. And I think the really beautiful thing about all of it is like, it's just this permission and this freedom for everyone to be their most authentic selves, right? Like if someone has a lot of energy or, you know, um, I think so often we get stuck in the comparison loop. So like as a generator, if I'm really meant to be focusing on like honing in my craft on this one thing, but then I see a Manny Jen like doing a million different things, we can get in that comparison of like, well, should I be doing the, <laughs> all these different things too? Um, especially if you have the undefined G center, right? So it's like looking at how all these things connect. It's really, yeah, yeah it's really interesting. Yeah. 
that's mm-hmm. what was my biggest challenge too. Like I love the manifesting generator energy. It, it's so fun for me. And I'm like, I want to be like that, but mm-hmm. I'm not like that. I just right. like watching it. It, it energizes me mm-hmm. right? as a projector. That's a piece of my design. But if I try to copy that and be like that, then I'm actually out of alignment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes so much sense. Yeah, and I think also just looking at, um, yeah, looking at the projector generator dynamic too, especially with working, because I remember when I was first learning this healing method from my mentor, part of me was like, well, should I be trying to, you know, create some some different, me- like, sh- like, should I be doing my own thing, like trying to really figure out how to make it my own. Um, but I think the way that you described it made so much sense of like, the projector is really here to direct and guide. And then the generator is the one that's like, okay, now we're going to take this guidance and like go and run with it. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, that makes so much sense. Like we don't have to be the ones to invent the wheel, but we can be the ones that are really working to bring that home to, you know, to the world. That's why, like, I love if you think about the five types, they each have their own role and the thing Mm -hmm. that they excel at and what their strengths are. And if you just stay in your lane and do that, that is you live in your purpose. So as a generator, you don't need to necessarily be the one coming up with the idea. That's Mm -hmm. the manifester. You don't Mm -hmm. need to be the one who's the project manager getting directions. That's the projector. Mm -hmm. As a projector, I don't need to be the one hustling all the time. That's really for generators and many gems. So everyone just does what they do best. Then we're all thriving. Yeah. We just see like, oh, she's doing so good at executing that. I want to do that. That's mm-hmm. not what you're meant to do. Right. <laughs> yeah. And then we compare, we take it personally of like, well, why, why didn't I think of that? Or why am I not doing that? And it's like, cause you're not actually meant to. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. But it's really nice to just have that permission. Like everyone just focus on what they're actually meant to be focusing on and you will just feel, everyone will feel so much better because they're going to feel really good at what they're meant to be good at. And that's the thing, like, that's why I love human design, because it gives you that understanding of yourself. And for me, it gave me the permission of like, oh, that's why when I was trying to act like a manifesting generator, things weren't working for me. And it felt like I was like struggling and like pushing this rock up the hill. But when I really started living as a projector, it felt so much easier. And then the results started coming in. Yeah. Because then you're actually in alignment and you start noticing the flow and you're like, oh, this, this is what it feels like to be in alignment. Yeah. Yeah, That makes sense. And I'm sure too, just as a business coach, it's like helping people learn, you know, if you're running your business this way, trying to hustle and you're not meant to hustle or trying to, you know, create all these new ideas when you're not meant to, you're just going to be continually blocking yourself from abundance, from, you know, having the impact that you want to make rather than understanding like, oh, this is actually how I'm supposed to work. And if I follow this, I'm going to have a lot more success and like continuing to bang my head against a wall. (laughs) Exactly. And it goes the other way too. Like, so I'm a projector. I'm not here to work all day, every day. Mm -hmm. So a lot of my, my marketing is around this idea that I built my business to multi-six figures working four hours a day. Mm -hmm. Right. But that's not how a manager or even a generator is necessarily meant to work right so if they try to copy that they're probably going to feel really bored they're probably yeah. going to feel like they <laughs> want to run faster and do more right so it's really like do what feels best for you <laughs> totally 
No, I've had that experience because I think that's a big, I mean, compared to being in the therapy world, I, I technically do work less and make more. So, you know, that's a big thing that we see in, in this industry of like how to work less and make more, um, but doing it in a way that feels in alignment. So working the amount that I was in the therapy world burnt me out. That was not in alignment, but working as little as maybe a projector would probably would not be in alignment for me because right. I would be like, I have so much, like some days I'm literally like, I have so much time. I have so much energy. I have so much space. Like what else should I do? You know, like I'm ready to do more. So it's, yeah, it's, it's really coming back to like what feels good and authentic for you. I think that's the main, the main point for all of this. And we can like tie this back to relationships too. Like I'm thinking to all the generators that I dated and lived with and like they, they're the ones like cleaning the kitchen at like 1030 at night and I was <laughs> laying in bed and I'm like, I'm so lazy. They never said that to me, but I'm like, right. how do they have so much energy? How are they still going yeah. when I'm completely exhausted? Like, oh, I'm a projector who needs more rest. They're a yeah. generator who wants to keep doing things. Totally. Like if I knew this in my past relationships, oh my God, it would have been so helpful because I was always the one that was like, come on, like it's a weekend. Like, what, what do you want to do? You want to go on a hike? You want to do that? Like I was always just like wanting to to go and live and like be out in the world. And they would be like, oh, I don't know, like, <laughs> like not really feeling it. And I always felt like, yeah, it was this balance of I'm it was always this energy of like, am I just rushing too much? Am I just like doing too much? Or is it that, that they're lazy or they're slowing me down? Like not understanding why there was an alignment there. And I'm like, this all makes a lot of sense. It's fascinating once you understand it. You yeah. can see all the ways it played out before. Totally. Yeah. I love that. And it's, yeah, it's not so much like, okay, now I have to go and find a generator to keep up. But I think it's also looking at, there can be such beautiful balance too, of like, you know, if, if a generator and a projector are together or, you know, a higher energy and lower energy, it's like, there can be a lot of balance in that too, of both people honoring what they need, but also sometimes when the generator does need to go to sleep because it's like midnight and you're cleaning it's like okay maybe maybe it's time to wind down now because I know I've had to work on that myself yeah yay all right well do you feel like this is a good place to start wrapping up any anything else coming through that feels important to share or that we didn't get to so we're talking a lot about this generator projector dynamic, but mm -hmm. I guess I'm going to split it into two groups and okay. we can close with this piece. Yeah. We'll group our generators and manifesting generators together. And then we're going to group our manifestors, projectors, and reflectors together. So if you have that sort of dynamic in your relationship, like one of each, the generators and manifesting generators are going to be the ones with more energy typically. Mm -hmm. And we're talking about going to sleep. So if they can't sleep, right, they have more energy they need to use. They need to go clean the kitchen or they need to go finish up the work emails or whatever. And then when they go to sleep, they're probably going to hit the pillow and crash in like two minutes. They typically fall asleep really quickly. Yeah. The projectors, manifestors, and reflectors are going to be the ones who have less energy typically and need more time to wind down before they go to bed. So journaling in bed, reading a book, taking a bath, 
stretching, whatever your ritual is, but that's going to be more beneficial for you than like go, 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 and then try to fall asleep. Mm -hmm. You need the slow wind out. So that's an important distinction. Mm -hmm. And then even sleeping together in the same bed, the manifestors, projectors, and reflectors will do better when they sleep separately at least once a week. Mm. Because when you're sleeping, you're picking up on this energy of the generator and manifesting generator, which you do need that energy, but you're not meant to hold that energy all day, every day. Mm. And so if you're picking it up while you're sleeping, you're probably picking it up out in the outside world too. And you're going to be like on overdrive. And eventually mm. that will lead to burnout and exhaustion. So if you can sleep yourself in your own bed you'll probably get a higher quality sleep and have more energy the next day mm. so. that's super interesting so what about like the generator manigens in terms of sleeping is it that they're just kind of giving more of that energy or is there any kind of effect for them sleeping with someone versus sleeping alone they're good they're kind of self-contained mm -hmm. so it's not even that they're giving energy and like losing it it's just the projector manifestor reflector like picks up on it and feels it. But the gens and many gens, they can sleep next to anyone. They're going to be good. Mm -hmm. Like if the rest of their life is in alignment, they're the people who hit the pillow, fall asleep immediately, wake up the next morning with a full tank of gas ready to go again. Yeah, it sounds like me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it'll literally be like sometimes I'll try and force myself to have like this wind down period of like, okay, I'm going to, you know, do my journaling. And, but then sometimes even after I, I do those nightly routines, I'm like, oh, let me just like finish this email or let me go do this. <laughs> and I'm like, no, go to sleep. <laughs> and you can't sleep because you haven't used all your energy up for the day and you need right. to go do something. And then totally. you fast. Yeah. And then I always feel it when it's like, oh, okay. I'm like actually really tired now. <laughs> Yeah, I'm telling you, if, if we learn this stuff in school, like it would have saved me so, so many nights of just laying there, like trying to fall asleep, staring at the wall, because I clearly had not used all my energy and uh, was just trying to force something that was not meant to be. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I love it. All right. Does anyone else have any questions, thoughts, comments? This was so, so good. This I just been so fun. I feel like yeah. we touched on lots of different pieces. So even if, if you're watching the replay and you're like, oh, that was fascinating. I want to know more. Just leave a comment or question below. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's really just cool to see how it all connects. Like, you know, talking about attachment styles and human design and, and all of it. Like, it's all just so um, synchronistic. It's, yeah, it's pretty amazing. Very cool. Well, thank you so much for coming on. This was so, so fun. And yeah, just love learning from you and hearing your wisdom and everything you have to share. And I love that we just happen to be projector generator. Like it's, it's perfect. <laughs> so, yeah. Thank you for inviting me on and yeah. leading this conversation. I saw a bunch of people from, from my audience come over. So I know they were interested yeah. in it. So thank yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Thank you for being here. And yeah, if anyone has any questions or um, anything else, feel free to message us. And was there anything that you wanted to, um, any offers that you have that you want to tell us about before we wrap up? Um, well, come follow me on Instagram. We talk all about human design. We talk a lot about business, talk a lot about mindset, self-leadership. 
I'm running a program in December called 12 Days to 10K, which is for business owners who want to hit that $10,000 mark. And then in January, I have an offer called the Human Design Method, and that's my human design course and certification. If you want to take your human design knowledge to the next level, that would be the place for you. Oh, that's exciting. Very cool. I love that. Yeah, being able to get certified and actually carry this knowledge on a whole other level with your business and your life, game changer. Do chart readings for people. You can use it to coach your clients, lead your team at work. There's so many ways to use it. Yeah, that's awesome. And then um, for, yeah, anyone who is new to me, I have my group for anxiously attached women starting actually this Monday. So we have a couple of spots left. If anyone is struggling with that codependency, that people pleasing, that um, those emotional waves and yeah, not knowing how to manage them, <laughs> um, that is open for enrollment. So you can always DM me or head to the link in my bio to learn more about that. So, yeah. Thank you again, Ashley. This was so, so lovely. And we'll, yeah, we'll have to do this again sometime. Perfect. All right. Thank you, everyone. Have a beautiful rest of your day. All right. Bye. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I will put Ashley's handle for her Instagram in the show notes. And feel free to head over her to her profile to learn more about human design. And if you are one of my clients or um, new to my page and you are interested in healing your anxious attachment, please reach out. I have so many beautiful ways to jump into this work. And of course, as always, if you enjoyed this episode, please leave a rating and review so more people can find it. I appreciate you all so much. Thank you for being here. Thank you for pressing play. And I will see you on the next episode. Love you. Bye.